Would you like to like to add anything to that? No, amen. Amen. Listen, amen. you if you're gonna sit at the right hand, right? You you have to you gotta be ready you gotta be ready, ready in season and out. Go ahead, it's all yours. And I'm gonna <laughs> give it over to you. All right, you're gonna give it over to me. So today what I feel led to do is to uh is to read a passage okay. from the blue book. I really enjoy the blue book, you know, and um, I'm telling you, I know, I know there's lots of people that don't like the blue book. You know why they don't like the blue book? Why? I'm going to tell you why they don't like the blue book, because they've been reading from the black book, you know, for many years. And uh, I I mean, I know some people that read from the the black book and... um, specifically the King James Version, and I've watched people get up and leave church because the, the minister or the preacher was preaching from a different version. I remember, I remember one service where the preacher quoted some scriptures from uh, the Message Bible, and a whole group of people got up and left because that's not the Bible that Jesus used. The Bible that Jesus used was the King James. <laughs> but that's... And that's, that's just it. So when you read the blue book, the blue Bible, the mirror Bible, it seems so foreign. It seems so foreign. It, you know, it doesn't seem like it could be right, right? Because you read it and it's like, whoa, wow. It's different. Yeah, <clears throat> it's different. And, um, you know, we have to understand that the Word of God is inspired. Well, I like what you said. What's that? There is no perfect translation. No. You can't, you're not going to defend this till your death. Right. And none of them, none of them. They're all been interpreted by man, so. But I believe that. There's a lot of golden nuggets in there. Oh, my goodness. And there's so many insights. And and it's going to, it'll cause you to, to say, is that what it really says? And then when you investigate. And then when you know the theme of Scripture, and then, then when you know the heart of Paul and the heart of the gospel, you realize that there's a lot lost in our translations. So I'm just going to read this. This is beautiful. You can follow along with me uh, from, from, from your Bibles. I hope you do. And I'm going to be starting from Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what it says. This is how it reads. In Christ, our association is most intimate. We articulate his love, his love story, entwined in spirit communion and tender affections. I really love that because this talks about the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. It's intimate. Yes. It's, it's, it's intimate. It's, you know, it's, it's a love story. It's an intimate love story. Jesus and you and I. And it's, it's wonderful how we're entwined together. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's a beautiful description. The Apostle Paul, and it's right in line with, with the Apostle Paul, his theology, his gospel. And he says, if anybody adds to this gospel, what does he say? Let him be accursed. Paul uses the words united. Paul uses the, na- the, the words one in spirit, one with. Paul uses the words joined. <clears throat> so this word entwined together is, is just beautiful. 
And so now verse 2 says, Your Christian mindedness completes my delight. And this is Paul. You echo the same agape love. We are soulmates, resonating the same thoughts. No hidden agenda with a, com- a compromised mixture of leaven or empty philosophical flattery can match a mind that genuinely values others above oneself. To discover your own completeness in Christ frees you to turn your attention away from yourself to others. That's powerful. So when you understand your completeness in Christ, your completeness with Christ, because why? You're entwined together with him and you're intimate with him, then you can love others as he loved others. Mm-hmm. This, this is beautiful. And it says in verse 5, the way Jesus saw himself is the only valid way to see yourself. That's powerful. You know, the way, right, Jesus sees himself, or saw himself, is the only, the only true way that we should be seeing ourselves. And he knew he and the Father were one. He heard the words, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm. This is my beloved son. And, uh, you know, what a relationship where Jesus would say, you know, me and the Father were one. And I can only do what I see him doing. And what I, I can only say what I hear him saying. That's because they were one. And when you understand our oneness and our completeness and our union and the fact that we are entwined together with Jesus Christ and you realize he defines us, that's who defines us. As he is, so are we. You, you, you really begin to grab a hold of that and, and you make that your heart's confession and the Holy Spirit will make it be. I think that's a major point. Seeing who we really are, envisioning it, and asking the Holy Spirit to really open our eyes and give us that revelation. Because until we do that... Amen. And you love Paul's prayer. And that's how Paul's Paul's prayer prayer begins in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. It's been eight years, and I still do either Ephesians 1 prayer or the Ephesians 3 prayer. Yeah. That the, you know, that, that, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be ignited from within us. That we would know as we are known. That the eyes of our understanding would be illuminated. This is what Paul prays. To know what God knows. To know of ourselves what he knows of ourselves. You know? To feel to, about ourselves what he feels about us. Amen. And wh- that's and that's a biggie. What robs us from that? I, I guess boil down to the law or, or not believing, not trusting, not... Not believing it, not, not trusting. But, you know, what we believe, we, we, we believe... Okay, listen, do we really know somebody landed on the moon? I, I'm just throwing out something here. Do we really know? I mean... We saw pictures. We saw pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now, listen... You could watch a movie today, and you can see they could do everything, anything with cameras. It's 
Sure. With cameras and pictures, I mean, it's like, well, did it really happen? Well, there's only one way to know. That's if you were in that spaceship and you were there yourself and you got up and you walked. Other than that, it's just been what we've been told. It's, it's been what we've been led to, to believe. It's been what we've been shown. So, so, I mean, I'm not saying we didn't go or we weren't so there. where are we going with this? <laughs> we will believe what we are fed. Oh, okay. And what have we been fed? What have we been fed for the last year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? This is what makes, you know, this, this, this true gospel so hard to believe. What, I'm just like him? I'm like him in every way? The father's not angry with me? The father's in love with me? The same, the same way the father sees Jesus is how he sees me? That's, that's just too hard to comprehend. Why? Because of religion. Because of religion. Be, because of mixture. Because of legalism. But there's only one way to see yourself, period. There's only one way to see yourself, and that's through the eyes of God. And when he sees you, he sees someone that is just exactly a duplicate copy of his firstborn son, Jesus. You know, it's almost like a cycle. You say, no, I, I don't feel it. I don't see it in myself. But the more you believe it, the more you think it, the more you, and you, you grasp this and you get that revelation the more you will see it and be it. And it's, you have to start believing it and seeing it mentally. And, and that, yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a known fact. You know, you, anybody, I mean, you think about athletes. If they don't see themselves, mm-hmm. that, that baseball player, if they don't see themselves hitting that baseball, if that pitcher doesn't see himself throwing a strike to the catcher's glove, if that basketball player doesn't see the ball going through the bottom of the net, right? I mean, I know my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law has made each one, each person in the family, each household in the family, what do they call it? Um, quilt. Quilts. Quilt. Beautiful quilts. But I guarantee you, she didn't just get the threads and the needles and everything like that and say, all right, you know, let's, let's see what comes out of this. She had a picture, <laughs> a picture of what she wanted to create. Right. And she went by that picture, and so, and so, what we be, what we what will be created, in and through our lives, for the world to see, is the picture of what what we see and believe about ourselves. That's right. Wow. And 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 it needs to be, just like him. Just like him. So, the way Jesus saw himself is the only valid way to see yourself. Now look look. This is beautiful what he talks about when he talks about Jesus. His being God's equal in form and likeness was official. There was no doubt about it. That was a fact. He was God, right? But his sonship did not steal the limelight from the Father. Neither did his humanity distract from the deity of God. His mission, however, was not to prove his deity, but to embrace our humanity. Wow. Is that beautiful? Yes. Emptied of his reputation as God, he fully embraced our physical human form. Born in our resemblance, he identified himself as the servant of the human race. His love enslaved, enslaved him to us. So we know 
right? He embraced our humanity. Totally embraced our humanity. And what that also means was he was able to embrace what was keeping us, what was distancing us from God. And that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, He who knew no sin, he embraced humanity and became sin, that we might become mm. the righteousness of God. God. Okay? So he embraced humanity. He lay aside. Can you imagine that? No. His God, omnipotent, right? Omnipotent, all-powerful. God, omniscient, all-knowing. God, omnipresent, everywhere. God is everywhere. He laid that to the side. And he totally embraced humanity. Why? He had to. It's love. He had to. Why? That's the only way he could have rescued us. He who knew no sin became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in us. So now you have to understand this. This this scripture. And because of that. Paul says God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name. We all know that. We all praise God for that. But we forget the reason behind it. He embraced our humanity. He embraced our nature. He became as us. So that now, now, we can become as him. He embraced our humanity so we could embrace his deity. This is why he said, Father, the the glory you've given me, I've given them. That's what he's always intended anyway. When he made the, the world and put Adam and Eve there. That's right. We were supposed to be. As he. As, like he, as he, so as he, as he. restored us. That's why Ephesians is so beautiful, chapter 2, where it says, even in our own sins, when, when we were still in sin, right? In that position, he co-quickened us. He entwined us. He joined us. He united us. He co-quickened us with Christ and elevated us with Christ and raised us with Christ and seated us with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Mm, that's awesome. And so, I guess today, what, what are we at, 15-minute mark? It's just going to be short because I just want you to think about these things more and more. I want you to grab hold of this truth. And you know, I, it, it, religion has clouded our minds. I still wrestle. I still wrestle with, no, I can't be. I still, I still wrestle with at times. That can't be true. You know, I'm going against 35 to 40 years of the wrong. It's just recently, the last half a dozen years, you know, that I'm still 
I'm, I'm learning this true gospel, this, this true good-to-be-true news. And, and every once in a while, you know, I'll find myself listening to, to mixture, and, and i got to put it away, and i got to put it aside. And that's why today, I'm, you know, Lori will tell you too, her, you know, her and I both are very critical with, I'm sorry to say this, but who we listen to and what we listen to. We only, we only want to fix our thoughts on the truths of the Word of God. We are complete in Him. Amen. Amen. The great exchange. He took on our humanity so that now we can live as Him. This is why God, you know, in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 30, God called out to us, come. God called out to us, see my son, my perfect sacrifice, who by his offering, he will perfect forever those that are sanctified. See my son, come to my son. The call goes out. We answer the call, Romans 8, 30. And as we answer the call, we become justified. We become righteous. And at that very moment, it says, and we become glorified. He took on our humanity so that we can take on his supernatural and supernaturalness. And that's how we walk. And, and we don't make excuses, you know, for our... It, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can't be. You are, and you are, and you are. And you have to embrace that. Stop looking at yourself as less than what you really are and less than who you really are. You know what, Lori? That's not humility. You understand that? That's not humility. What humility is, is saying, thank you, God, for all that I am in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that I am righteous. Thank you, God, that I am holy. Thank you, God, that I am sanctified. Now thank you, God, that I, am, that I am perfect. Now, here's the humility, and it's only because of faith in Jesus Christ. That's the humility. That's the humility. But it's not humble. It's not being humble. And it's not humility to say before God, well, I'm not, I'm, 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 just, I'm just a human being. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not. You think that's hum humility. It is not. What is it? Pride. Pride, wow. It's ab absolutely <laughs> the opposite. Because what you're saying is, no. I'm not perfect in Jesus Christ. No, I've not been made holy and I've not been made righteous. No. So what does that mean? That means you're believing you're not. You're believing you're not. And if you're not, how do you become that? By the deeds and the works that you do yeah, and the I effort. Do. That is not humility. That's pride and arrogance. To be humble is to acknowledge you are everything God says you are and give Jesus Christ all the glory and the credit. So, I hope this blessed you today. Looking forward to tomorrow, seeing what the Holy Spirit has for us. Any closing words? Remember who you are today. Amen. Just like him and enjoy the day. Amen. Enjoy this beautiful day. We love you and we'll see you tomorrow.